0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green Mobile Detailing. Grab a pint and enjoy. Hey everyone, Sheldon Kay here, show manager of Mobile Tech Expo. It's hard to believe we're only two weeks away from Mobile Tech Las Vegas happening September 5th through 7th at the South Point Hotel and Casino. I hope you're as excited as I am. We have some really cool stuff going on. Randy Doyle is going to do a keynote. We have lots of education sessions. We have hands on tools in the tool time area where you can try out the buffers and polishes right on a real car. Lots of cool things, lots of exhibitors, lots of fun. I hope to see you all there at the Pints and Polishing Happy Hour happening Friday after the show. Cheers, have a great night.
1: Hey detailers, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. Whew. Just leaving a very filling lunch, A way too much pizza, Probably drank too much beer for lunchtime on a Wednesday, but hey. When a local detailer says, hey, let's go have some pizza and beer, it's hard to refuse. Went to a little uh, place for uh, the detail queen, Tiffany. Go check her at, out. She's got a lot of underscores. I think it's like the underscore detail underscore queen underscore Some I don't know. Go look her up. Tiffany Mullins, she went out full time after leaving a dealership. And went in to work with another company, uh, purely contractor, to help assist and then has now gone out on her own trying to run her own shop. So, we always like to catch up, chat, see what's going on in her world. You know, multiple questions on how to do things, right? As dealerships, I'm sorry, as detailers, we, we don't fully understand how to do marketing. Well, how do I certain operations of business that are a question. I didn't know a thing. When I quit my job and jumped into detailing, I didn't know anything other than it sounded like a good idea and I like to clean my, I had an Azuzu rodeo. So, you know, that's it. I had to learn it all by myself. 17 years later, it's great to be able to help. So we had a really great conversation and it made me think of a recording that I did while at our training event in Edmond at Rad Auto Detailing okay so I want to go ahead and push this out into the podcast because there's a lot of great information that we basically sit down and I interview in a sense just chat and go over some training stuff with Josh from Rad and with Darren from 66 Auto Detail now I want to tell you though that at the first there's a bit of plug and I'd I, I end up cutting Josh off, and I go, hey, come on, let's talk about, you know, the detailers and and how they can benefit from this, but Josh uh, is, is one of our customers, and so he was, you know, which, thank you, you know, supportive of what we're trying to do, so anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there, we try and stay as brand neutral as we can on the podcast, so I just wanted to say, hey, you know, sorry, there's a little bit of a plug from Josh, it wasn't intended, it's just kind of the way it went, so anyway... Grab yourself a pint and enjoy. Thank you. All right, so we are in Edmond, Oklahoma, at Rad Auto Detailing. Just finished up correction and coding, so we wanted to do some live Q and A. So thank you guys for all coming out. Hopefully, everybody get a lot of good information.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Cool, thank you for the time that you all spent. I know you took time to not go make money so that you could learn to make money. So here's where you wanna make it the most valuable. Uh, We've got Josh from RAD.
3: How's it going guys?
1: We've got Superman. Mm -hmm. Hi. (laughs) Darren, introduce uh, the lovely lady
2: next to you. And the lovely lady next to me is Miss Cassie. She's the brains behind the business and the work. She does all the work, I just look pretty. And where are you guys from? Chandler, Oklahoma. Thriving Metropolis, 2,500
1: people. 66, 66 <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one of the things that we talked a lot about um, is how different detailers can formulate their business model and switch up things a little different. So we have here in Edmond, a very high-end clientele list, right? Yeah. One of the wealthiest parts of our state and then we have Chandler, which is a town of 1,600 people, which
2: the wealthiest part is, of Lincoln County
1: is. Is does there is money there, but a different type of clientele, right? Very. Good. So, with the different diverse group of detailers we have here, we wanted to open up discussion for, okay, cool. I learned how to put product on a car. I learned how to remove that product, right? But at the end of the day, how do you make money by doing a correction or an enhancement? How do you make money off of doing a entry level ceramic versus another one? How do you do you know marketing all those type of questions So hopefully you guys have piled in those questions. Um, I want to just briefly, Josh, give us a moment. tell us what's been your model? How have you found you know how long have you been in business? Give us just a brief elevator pitch of who you are and then you know, how is it that you found to make money uh, selling next level coatings?
3: Yep, so again, my name is Josh and I own Rad Detail and Edmond. Um, before I owned this business, I worked as like a production manager for CarMax Auto Superstores across the country. That's where I got into detail and that's where I learned how to detail. It was all production, so immediately my mindset was gonna be, how many cars could I do and how, like, how quick could I turn them out with a big facility like a recon center. Um, I soon realized that that's not what I wanted to do as soon as I really got into polishing as a hobby on the side prior to leaving and realized that I want to go for quality, not quantity. Uh, so I quit my job and opened this shop March of last year, uh, 2018. So a year and probably what, four months, five months right there? Um, almost six, actually. So it's been a year and a half. Um and when I first started kind of getting into and I think we connected by I got a phone call yep yep so
1: <laughs> and answered a random number yep and I remember sitting there going I don't know if this if it was Phoenix yeah, right is yep, it on still is yeah yep. and I was like eh, but I went ahead and answered it hey I just had some questions on codings. I think I pulled over and I was in a random parking lot or something it was like <laughs> okay come on let's talk yeah and it was a good conversation and from that you. Yep. Joe Heavy,
3: Yeah, and so the biggest thing, like why I'm with Marty to start, like why we even are here uh, is because I talked to a couple of big coding companies uh, and there was a lot of things that they wanted that I couldn't provide. I couldn't show that I would had a shop for two years, so nobody really wanted to work with me. Um, or there was too many people in the area or there was somebody almost 20 miles away, so I couldn't do it because that one person could do like 170,000 cars in the area or whatever, whatever was, you know, calculated to be out there. And so um, Marty was the only one that kind of gave me the time of day, and I knew that if I got the chance, I could do good work. I just needed a chance first. So, um, you know, I like Marty's, you know, philosophies and how he does business, and that all I found all that out later, and that's just a good caveat to our relationship and why we really like working together. Um, but I stumbled upon him on Instagram, uh, and from there, that's where the phone call happened. He was the only one that answered for me, only one that gave me the time of day to, to be able to sell his products. And to this day, I see a lot of other people struggling with some big companies that I don't have those pain points with Marty. Um, it's not that he comes over to deliver stuff or he's like, hey, I'm going to answer every single phone call of yours but it's just everything he does. Like from his employees, I get little notes in my boxes and like that stuff's cool. So it's a lot more personable like touch and a good relationship rather than just I have a sales rep. Uh, and I don't want a sales road. Cool. Robot, let's get
1: into the business. Oh, gosh, dang. <laughs> thanks right, for uh, yeah, thanks right for on, all yeah. that. But uh, awesome. all right. how right. did these guys make money? So, yeah. how did yeah. you how did you begin to to grow into into making some money?
3: So, I first only wanted to install CC one hundred five. Yeah, yeah just, no, no. <laughs> I was trying to just you know boost your confidence with <laughs> no, drives. Um, so, I first only started started installing CC one hundred five. And my mindset was every job has to be a thousand or more, and they all have to be perfect, right? Um, I found those clients, I did really well, but there's a lot of competition in that market and there's a lot less of those kind of people that are willing to pay $15, to have their car coded. Which, by the way, does not include anything inside. So they're still going to pick their car up dirty uh, on the inside, right? Um, so then I started kind of branching out into Agno and YWAX and then I started saying like, well, why am I deciding what the customer should get? Why don't I let the customer decide what they should get? So, through a couple different things, and now I have a system that does that. Um, I basically just set a floor price, say this is what I need to make on this job no matter what for this, and then I let the customer sell themselves on what they want. And then I just use education, um, different before and after things, videos. Uh, Phil does some stuff with us and gives us plugs on his websites too. Um, so, networking, Instagram's a big one, and not sticking to every single car has to be a thousand dollar ticket or more miss a lot of work. And so changing your business to adapt and catch what's out there. Cause I have somebody say no to an $800 job, but they can afford a $500 job. Options. Yep. So, um, and again, from there, allowing the customer to upsell themselves and not saying every package has to be perfect. I could save a lot of money for a customer if they don't want two steps. And I of think you have
1: a walk through, which we'll get through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Darren, from a different clientele, you didn't start with 105. You started very entry level for your customers. Walk us through why you chose to offer and set it out in that way.
2: The first time I ever saw Wax, you showed up at the shop and we were working on a Jeep and he goes, I'm gonna show you this and just sprayed it on the hood of this Jeep and we wiped it off and I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. We didn't see that Jeep again for months and then it came back in one day and we washed it and one of the guys that worked for me kind of goes, you gotta see the hood of this Jeep. And I'm like, what? And he goes, watch this. And they sprayed it and half of the hood beat it up and did great and the other half just acted just like a normal panel. And I started stressing because I was like, what? <laughs> What's wrong? What have we done? <laughs> what is going on? And we pulled back in and we're doing the inside of And I went, that's that stuff that Marty sprayed on the hood that's of cool. this Jeep. I didn't remember that story. And that got me thinking. I was like, and this, this Jeep hadn't been touched, hadn't been washed at all, anything for months and it did that and so then he we kept talking and i went several different little seminars that you did and this and that and finally one day we pulled the trigger and completely quit doing any any type of wax like i don't have any wax in my shop so once again a
1: town of 1600 people mm-hmm. this is not a, a city yeah this is and so we can imagine in oklahoma 1600 person town yeah the clientele is not looking for a ceramic
2: coating yeah they didn't know we that's all we do is educate. We're constantly explaining what it is and you get people come to the door, I want to wash and wax. Perfect. We do this, but we don't wax. We, we've, technology has surpassed wax is my little phrase that I use. And it's just over and over every day. And we use, we market more than probably we actually work. If that m- makes sense is I'm constantly explaining what it is and what it does and why we use it and why it's better. And then 10% of your customers want to discuss it and argue about it and this and that. And then Fifty percent don't find whatever, and then you'll have that other stuff, the other kind of forty or so percent that you can upsell. They'll upsell themselves, so they'll hear. And you tell you
1: talk to every single customer Uh, in a close.
2: Yes. So there's
1: a there's a really good saying. I brought that up just to say there's a really good saying. If you've probably heard from a really great uh, hockey player named Wayne Gretzky, and a lot of sales trainings and a lot of salespeople will teach and use this philosophy. He says you will miss 100% of the shots you never take. All right, so first point, it, going into your clientele, talk to every single one that you can, right? I know you're not yeah. Not everyone that you've been able to talk to, but having a product that is entry that you can have for every single one of your customers is key.
2: Yeah, and that's been, we don't offer anything but this. If you do an exterior package, you're getting wax or Anyo or CC105. and or you're not, but we're not putting any protection on it. I mean, we may have, phobic, I guess would be one option, but I don't even, that's not really an option. We use it as a tool to, for something else to keep things going and looking right. And it, it's worked pretty well so far. The earlier in the year, we've, um, our coatings kind of fell off. We did 1,500 in the last couple of years or so, coatings roughly. And I didn't buy a bottle of agno or Wild wax or anything for a couple months. And I was telling him, I was like, "Ah, I guess I've coded every single car in Chandler. And then all of a sudden it's been we're this last month. We've polished. Yeah. I mean, we have hammered down on stuff. Yeah, I think
1: you guys average one to two two a day day in a town of sixteen hundred people of Chandler, Oklahoma. And we
4: did two CC one oh fives in
1: the last Mm -hmm. two weeks. Yeah. All right, so How do you guys, learning and listening to their stories, we wanted both of them to give a little bit of background of their clientele and how they've grown, because it can come and help you guys depending on who your clientele is, okay? So when you think of your customer base or prospective customer base, right, how can you use what they've done, okay? First of all, what we talked about, automatically every single customer that you can find, prospect, whoever, Talk about the coating that you use and the coating that you would recommend, okay? Um, and then apply as many as you can, right? We joked earlier about somebody's sister was gonna get a coating or something, right? When I started doing coatings, you bet, my mom got a coating, my sister got a coating. Di- we used my sister's car, uh, what a month or a couple months ago in a demo video because she goes through a car wash. And so we had Jake from Warrensburg <laughs> Uh, Down to do an IDA training where he got certified for the IDA and got his uh, skills validation and his uh, certified detailer And so we stopped and did a video because we were using my sister's car Two plus years of going through the car wash almost to three years and it's still beating up It still doesn't have etching or any marks from bugs We still don't have bird droppings that affected it and she's going through a car wash, right? so every anybody that you can coat and then redo some follow-up stuff with them okay i'm pretty sure that you guys each have uh which you said that you document all the different customers so how can guys start to follow up when they get later do you guys have a follow-up method
3: i do so um so i use a business service called thrive which we can talk more about later but it automates everything for me we're
1: gonna have on the podcast i think september 4th yeah. is the date yeah yeah
3: yeah. So we we'll have my Thrive rep on there. He's a really cool guy. It's an awesome software. I was really hesitant at first because I didn't want to give up that control, but it's helped me so much. So when somebody comes in for a coding, I can set specific follow-up reminders where it's going to email them for an appointment. And because they've already been a customer of mine, it, it already does it for me. So they just, that link goes into their inbox. And it says, Hey, it's time for your six month follow-up on your coding. All they do is hit schedule, it shows them the dates I'm available for it, and then they book it. They don't have to fill in their name, their phone number, nothing. And it auto sends it out. Because before I used to try and remember it, and I can tell you I missed them, right? Even as detailed as I get on it, I'd still forget because I'm a human or three or four different places. So
1: if you don't have the software, everybody have a uh, um, a cell phone, right? Yep. Uh, Whose cell phone has a calendar app? Everybody's cell phone has a calendar app?
3: Yep.
1: Everybody's calendar app have a reminder?
3: Yep. Plug
1: it in. Plug it in, right? Either right after you're done or when the customer leaves, however, set yourself Bob Smith, 918 or 405, you know, whatever, and put in the phone number, follow up about, and put whatever coding you put on, and set it six months later, set it two months later, you know, however, do a couple of them so that every couple of months every six months you're re-following up and touching that customer that's very valid yeah, yeah.
3: nice and it doesn't mean everyone's going to come back either there's some cars i've coded that i've never seen again maybe they moved out of state or something happened uh, may have been totaled never know but that also has helped me keep in touch because i've already had customers get like a, a two or three month follow-up and they texted me and said hey we actually moved out of state so now i rest a little bit easier knowing wasn't my quality work? That's why I didn't come back or anything like that. That's always in the back of my head.
1: Yeah. So nice. All right. So cool. That did you guys? Did you have anything to add? Yeah. What do you guys do?
2: We've we've been really successful on setting people up on a maintenance plan once we've coded their car. If we cool. get a uh, one of our Glad higher end that. packages. Glad you that. We're almost like it's. We really talk about them I mean, even in the initial contact when we're discussing the setting the original appointment of setting them up on a maintenance like we're talking about maintenance this is not a this isn't a a never-ending deal like it's always going to work like you have to maintenance you ain't just going to apply this coating and then you never have to touch your car again so we talk about maintenance from the day one so most of our coatings i'm going to see usually Uh, once a month yeah from yeah very
1: important have you guys seen everybody seen the videos that are really outlandish telling people they can hit their car with a cigarette lighter and you know, all these crazy-ass shit Set that people are... on fire. Yeah, you know, there's, it, which is fine. Market, that's, that's marketing, right? Marketers, market. Okay? I fell into that early, right? I was with the coding company. That, that's the way they marketed. So I was banging on my Jeep, and then I noticed, oh, shit, I got marks on my Jeep. That wasn't too smart, right? Um, so don't do that. Not a good thing. Um, but there's all kinds of crazy information that is out there about codings. So I'm really glad you mentioned that customer education is a great way of getting that guy back in, right? Do you want to see him in five years or do you want to see him in a couple months? couple months, right? So what things should detailers be doing to help educate their customer base when they're coming in?
2: Like we tell them that a coding is not it doesn't do everything like there's not going to keep it from scratching it's not going to keep it from having marks on it and going on but and we show them what we can do to keep their car looking good that we're big on maintenance not in prevention versus trying to fix something in months later or years later however long it is and that's we just talk a lot about sometimes we talk people out of coatings they'll come in and they want all this and i was like well what do you do are you going to are you going to take care of this you're going to wash it once a a year, what do you what do yeah, you So let's break that down. So they come in, what questions uh, do yeah, you ask? And what? if we've got some, if they're going to wash it once a year, then we're probably not going to put CC-105 on it. it makes I'm, sense. I'm, Value. Yeah, and yeah. then the same thing for the family that comes in and they've got six kids and they pile out and their dog gets out of their car. We'll, we'll discuss, a, I'd rather see it once a month than spend $600 on Codinit and you won't see them again for a, a year. Okay,
1: but what questions, like specific
2: I, I ask. I ask them. Are you going to take care of it? Are you going to wash it? What's your plans? Do you want to do this once a month, once a year? What What are you going to do? What What is, What would you like to see? And it. Most of them now. We've got s- so many contacts out that they're starting to. They've. They pull in. They already know what, what they want. What
1: feedback do they tell you?
2: They. Some of them look you ask at those you questions. with. questions. What do they tell you? about? They either give you a blank stare, or they go, "I've never thought about that." And then, or they go, "No, I don't ever wash it. I just want you to wash it." What. Well, Okay. And so,
1: washing the car is one thing, and then yeah. you always get the answer of how often they wash it, right? That'll help you guys tie in your maintenance package, okay?
4: We have a bunch of customers that we're the only ones that wash their car. They don't wash it by themselves ever. They bring it back to us once a month, twice a month, bi weekly. Yep. Maintenance mm-hmm. is key.
1: Yeah. All right. What are other questions you ask? <sighs>
2: It's rough because usually I'm out in the shop, and I've got a lady that handles all that very now, gracious. and oh, she does a fantastic job of <laughs> you talking progressed very, your business to yes, where yes, somebody else Yes, it's got to the point where the I can't like I'm fair enough, fair literally enough. in the shop so much that it's yeah. it. I walk outside delegated? and they go, they go, yeah. how much will this cost? And I'll look out and I'll go, a lot, and then we go on to the next issue. But it's we're such a small town; everybody knows us. Like we're kind of it's we're so, in a weird spot. So that's just washing, yeah. yeah everybody. <laughs> knows and like now and then they 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 walk in and i don't even it's weird now i'm marketing i'm not showing as much stuff on this is a ceramic this is i'm showing how we can make their life better because we've gone from the the education which it's we still do it but it's not as heavily relied as it was a year ago when nobody in chandler oklahoma knew what
4: a ceramic coating was I heard about that ceramic thing you guys do, how much it'll
1: cost to put it on our car. But it started with the education. Yes. And asking the questions. Josh, what questions do you ask your customers when they come in?
3: So I ask them just general questions. Um, You know, I'm going to start off with, like, how long do you plan on keeping the car? Because if somebody says, well, I'm going to sell it next year, CC105 is probably straight out of my head. Like, I'm done. Um, And the next thing I'll ask them is, what is their primary use for their car going to be? I mean, out here... We have oil fields, we have guys that work on the, they want to keep their work truck clean, but they're going to, like we said, they're going to be out on the road for five weeks and they can't wash anything off for five weeks, and they're going to hit Blue Beacon on the way back in. That customer is going to be, what's Blue uh, Beacon? It is a uh, truck wash. Uh, Highly non-balanced pH chemicals, spray the whole truck down, power wash it with, yeah, hot water, Uh, it's not a good place fine but that's not the kind of customer we want because that person is going to spend some money with us they're going to take it out they're going to come back after one or two trips over six months and they're going to feel like they got taken for a ride because it doesn't work well because it's not being maintained properly um you know so those are the kind of questions i'd want to know from them um if they're going to be selling their car in like less than a couple months i'll politely turn down their business because
1: let me pause for one second that's a question that a lot of times people will ask well, how then can I maintain the car or educate the customer on how they, if they choose not to come back and let you guys wash it and they're just out there, what car washes can they use? Um, What type of soap can they use? So ceramic coatings are chemical resistant up to uh, 12 on the pH scale. So if something goes up to 13, it's gonna start eroding away. And even at 11 or 12, that's going to be starting to tear down the coating, okay? If you put a 12 pH product on wax, immediately gone. gone. Sealant, gone, okay? Uh, What are some 12 pH products? A lot of degreasers, a lot of, uh, if the customer goes even through a touchless car wash or that type of uh, wash like that, that first product that gets put on is a high pH. So it's highly caustic, it's, it's probably that 12 to 13 on the scale and its job is to eat, okay? Its job is to break apart anything that's on paint, right? So that will begin to erode and deteriorate a coating, but it's going to still last longer than any type of sealant or wax. So that's why there's a lot of companies that have come out with maintenance soaps that are neutral on the pH scale, right? Most of your soaps are already neutral, you get like a wash and wax or something like that, it's already gonna be neutral, okay? So most of your normal soaps that you're gonna buy from any major company, um, anybody at the auto parts store or anywhere you're gonna buy soaps is probably gonna be a pH neutral. Um, You don't necessarily have to have a ceramic soap, but do you guys ever wash with ceramic soaps? I think you every once in a while.
2: Yeah, we did there for a while
3: and I can't tell much. Yeah, you can't really, now. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Shameless plug for a guy. I know I only use Total Auto Solutions oh, Hyper Clean. <laughs> yeah.
1: but, it, but it's a neutral pH, yeah. right? Yep. So any, any most of your, your soaps are going to be a neutral pH, okay? So as long as they're not running through a, a touchless that's that extremely high caustic and extremely high pH, it's going to last longer, right? You can t- they can still go through. Just the education part of it is letting them know that maintenance will extend or reduce the longevity. Make sense?
3: So, I mean, those questions I asked, uh, whenever I do hear somebody, I do think it's important because I am turning down money and that is really counterintuitive to a lot of people. Um, when I turn somebody's business down for not coding their car because they maybe are gonna sell it in under six months, what I'm doing is planting a seed and building a relationship for when they do buy that new car and I make sure I just let them know, hey, you know, I'll give you a call in six months and I'll follow up with you because now I'm going to get probably the same amount of money on maybe a new car which is going to be a lot easier and now I have somebody that really trusts me as a customer. Right? They're less likely to go shop somewhere else when I come back. Um, the other thing I ask all my customers is what do you know about ceramic coatings? I want to know their level of understanding because you can bore people. I'm really good at it as you can tell. Uh, and I get really technical and geeky and I like that. So I want to know what do they know? They might say nothing. And I say great. Let's start with what's important to you. you know. And I ask them different questions about what's important. And then we go into false claims and why prices are different. And I educate them on that. And then last thing I do is I encourage them to go get quotes from other people. Like I want their business because I'm earning it. Not because I'm the first person who could smooth talk them into a coding. Um, I Definitely encourage people to get it. I'm also at a little bit less price point than some people um, because we have different clients. We have different markets, and I want to make sure that they know their options and they know what they have. But all right, so they all come back.
1: We'll get into some more stuff too. But any questions on when the customer comes in, how to handle the customer, and what to talk about? Any questions? No, that seems like the maintenance plan. Oh, yeah, maintenance is great. Yeah.
0: The Mm-hmm. Along with the whole, like, six months, you know, the whole reminder yep. thing, that's pretty dope. And so it works hand-in-hand. Hand. Yep.
1: I think that's
0: a really great thing to offer. Yeah. The maintenance plan, that comment. Cool. Yeah, on the topic of maintenance plans, I uh, actually messaged DJ with EcoGrain last week to talk to him about his maintenance packages. Um, so do you guys offer, or do you do any type of weekly maintenance, or is it typically long
1: both i would say if you can get somebody that comes back every week you've got an incredible customer i mean i i was built on weekly to bi-weekly business i my whole business starting off was completely maintenance every week to every two weeks i was seeing customers and this was 2002 so but now with ceramics yeah i mean the more you can see them the better and if you can talk somebody into a weekly maintenance oh yeah you're you're golden
0: yeah, and that was my question for DJ, and I
1: kind of wanted to get some feedback from him. Yeah, from go for it. What about you guys? You said you guys do a lot of washes?
4: We're geared more towards a, once a month. Uh, we have people that do it bi-weekly, but once a month is about the, app, the average. Define yeah, wash.
2: The, what do you guys do? We'll have like a, a, a basic washing back once a month scheduled, and then so we, yeah, we minutes, just wash the outside. Um, dust off the dash door panels vacuum the, va- the traffic areas where their feet go and touch up all the windows and just just bench that way it never gets bad well it starts with a what a full detail whatever you want to call a full detail so when we don't have to work that hard at once a month on it and then we always encourage them so if it needs wash before this call us we'll set it up we'll do that and it's a kind of a crap game on whether how often they do it but i don't feel I, to me I feel like calling them more than once a month is bugging them. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to send them a text. I'm anti-text. I'm because I don't want you to text me. I want you to call me. Now, everybody else's generation is different. The younger generation, they want that text or email or whatever. So I'm really easing into that. I'll let them do it, but I I want you to call me. And I feel like if I call you three times a month, I'm bugging you. And so that gives you an idea of kind of how we work. I'm really young.
1: How old are you?
4: I am
2: not as old as you. (laughs) Are you sure?
1: So we were actually born on the same day. We figured that out. The exact same day. Mm -hmm. But I was born in the morning and he was born in the afternoon. I
3: don't
2: know. I don't remember when I was born. I thought that's what what you said was the afternoon. My dad might have told. I'm sure he...
1: But it's funny when we caught it. we, We were like, you were born, wait. And it was, wait, on what? Like... And then I go where were you born and i think I you go, said here and he i go what no way i go joking i was tulsa but yeah. that would have been really funny <laughs> same hospital and everything mm-hmm. but uh okay so let's great question any any other questions
0: um no the one other thing that i had concerns about was i would feel bad as far as pricing mm-hmm. compared between a weekly maintenance and a monthly maintenance uh if it's every month i feel like the price should but that's kind of what I talked to D.J. about, is how exactly do you determine pricing every week? Is it offered at a discounted rate because it's every week? Or
1: well, do you, how, if you had a car that came in every week versus once a month, which car is cleaner?
0: It would be a lot easier to maintain the week. Right?
1: So then you create the value proposition for your customer knowing that you're not spending as much time. So yes, if you come in every week or I come to you every week, which Waterless allows you that opportunity to go into somebody's garage and maintain their car.
0: Maybe the first detail is full price.
1: Yes, but you just did a coating, so that is your full price. So you know, you coated the car, then you, you know, whether that's $60, whether that's $40, depending on your clientele, your need as a business, 40 to 60 to 75, I know some can go up and down um, and then Yeah, if it's once a month, yeah, you're more probably like that 125, 150, 200, somewhere in that ballpark, um, given that if it's in that 50 to 60 that you're seeing it every week because you're probably only going to spend an hour, like to wash, wipe down, maybe throw a little phobic, um, you know, vacuum out the car, hour to an hour and a
2: half max. Don't don't stress over right now when you're first getting started and all that. I've changed prices a hundred times. We're changing prices every four months, it seems like. And because something will change, or we'll find a new product that we can do it faster or better or slower or whatever. Some it, it, you don't know. So when you're starting right now, if it's fifty bucks you're doing it for and you're making a killing, well, in two months you may go, I can't do this for fifty dollars. There's no way. Well, even though you have that first guy and he's still there and person and you're still doing it once a week, bam, 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 and then you get their friend and you get that. You just tell them, say, I want, go, I want Mark's deal. That you go there once a week. All right. Well, it's a hundred dollars a week for me to do this. And he goes, whoa, Mark's only paying 25. He is, but he's on it. He, we did this plan. You don't, it, it's, it's a little different deal. And now this is where we start and it's an easy transition. And you think, you think it's hard because I've go through this all the time. I, it feels really hard, but it's not, it, it, it'll go smoother than you think to up the price on, on new people or even your existing customers and it, so don't get caught up on, golly, I'm not going to make any money on a $50 deal. Well, y- you do. On that one, you may yeah. not, but the next 10 that you get, because that car, they're like, man, that guy's car is perfect all the time, and they see you coming in and out, then the neighbor's, you go to the neighbor's house. Well, you walk, you do the neighbor's car for 50 bucks. you walk across the street and do his for 100, once a week, it, it paid off. And so don't get too caught up on your pricing to begin with, because it's going to change. We
1: have a maintenance customer that we've maintained since 2003, and one of the guys was maintaining two of his cars this morning and we're in and out right we haven't jacked with the pricing because he's getting clearly cleaned when he first started every single week and a lot of my customers that we built through the years was done off of i'll see you at 7 a.m on friday and i was there at 7 a.m every friday he got charged 50 bucks every time did it in one week how bad was it you know so i don't have to charge 200 bucks because i wasn't there for three hours
2: and you showed up and you kept that date mm-hmm. and we we have we have failed on a bunch of stuff that people said well you didn't call me last month Oh, i'll go through look no we didn't and you're like golly we had i spent all that time working on them to get them set up on that maintenance plan then we failed and I, you see them at walmart and they go well, you didn't call me this month.
1: But let me say this, it depends on your customer base, it depends on your financial needs, okay? Somebody that's listening to this in Phoenix is gonna go, y'all are absolutely insane to charge 50 bucks, they're charging 100, right? So it really depends on what your customer base will pay, how you can continue that growth process over the years, and then how much do you need, you know? Sometimes
4: people are understanding, just be like, when we started, I could charge you $40, but now I have more people to pay, Uh, inflation has happened. Our products have gotten more expensive. I'm sorry, but the price is going to have to raise yeah. a little bit.
1: DJ doesn't charge close to what he used to charge. He's probably doubled the triple a lot of the pricing. right? So as your business grows, yes, you can in- continue to increase your
4: pricing. And you're like, now I have more experience, so you're getting mm-hmm. a better product anyway. So
2: we're, we're four times as high as what we are when we started. Yeah. Yeah. So uh,
1: like you said, don't get caught up in pricing. Yeah. Give it a good value to them so you can get customers and make sure you're making some money. Great question. Anything on that? We ready to go into marketing? I'm done with the customer that's come in? Cool. Let's go into the marketing side of it. Um, as we've already said, there is, uh, give me one sec.
2: As I'm interested to see, cause like a guy that does it kind of on the side, and get it here and there and I've got I know a couple other people that do it and I'm they'll talk to me a little bit about what they do and I'm like oh my gosh you can do this and this and this and this. and I'm just like overwhelming you with the information does it is it helping you or does it make you go crap that ain't what I want to do no uh, no it's
0: like this is what I want to do uh, full time you know it's hard it's hard for me like I have a job that pays me over $20 an hour and I work over 50 hours a weekend so I can tell on weekends
1: Yeah, so what he was saying, if you guys couldn't hear, he he does it on the side, and he's trying to go into doing it full-time.
4: And then see if you have enough to go throughout the week. It's hard for me, because it's like, I have mortgage, I have car payments, I have college, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, this is my goal. This would
1: be my goal. Yeah, this is your end goal, so how do you get there, right? A lot of it starts with, right, that's the the under. That's the foundation right? We get that established. A lot of that's what you're gonna call your processes, okay? I know Josh, you're big on processes. You've already talked about it. DJ's huge on processes. His whole business is run literally like a corporate style setting. There's processes and paperwork for everything, right? A lot of it he's put into just his own system that his guys carry around a tablet, okay? So, but getting your underlying processes written down and started in, you know, where you're at will help you go into being able to jump full-time. And the best way to be able to jump full-time is to jump.
2: Jump.
1: <laughs> just it's just to get, jump. Yeah. It's tough, right? You, you're gonna go, oh gosh, I got more, because I got, like, trust me, I get it. Trust me, like, I get it. Like, so, but the best way to know if you can do it is to do it. Uh, if, if, you, if, you, if you do it and fail, Right? Let's go there. Let's say you do it, and a couple months in, you fail. What happens? You go back to getting a job. Right? Okay? If you do it, or let, and let's go this way. Years later, you look back, like, it's okay, you know? I tried it. Years later, you look back, and you never tried it? You'll regret, You'll regret. not trying it. Okay? Now, you also gotta know if you've got the skill to be able to go full-time, or to be able to learn the skills to go full-time. And one of the best ways to do that is to learn marketing. Okay? We are no longer just a detailing business. Uh, Josh is a perfect example of that. You guys have really started to blossom lately in understanding that detailing is literally just one aspect. We're We're not just detailers. We're business owners. And we have now become marketing companies. Full scale media. How do we have that opportunity? Because this amazing guy named Mark Zuckerberg was trying to figure out ways that, you know, from the movie, I don't know if the movie's real or not, but you know, how you can match faces and do it. Like social media has given detailers the most amazing opportunity to market for free. When I was full-time mobile detailer, I had print, right? I made postcards. I made flyers. I made stuff that I had to go hand out, right? I had a website very early into it, and websites, not everybody had them, but that was the other way. I had a website, but in 2002, you couldn't market a website, really. The only way you could market is to tell somebody, hey, I got a website, right? Right? So. The other thing would be if you had radio. You could spend thousands of dollars on radio. Those are your core ways of marketing. Or we can use this whole free platform that nobody else in history has ever had the chance to use. What does it cost you? Zero. Financially, it doesn't cost you anything. A little bit of time. Not a little bit of time. A lot of time. Takes a lot of time to learn the proper ways of marketing online and on social. Right? Yes. Yeah. Hours. Yeah. Um, the uh, detail queen from Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has gone through a little bit. She's saying this week she's had to close down in the afternoon because she didn't have enough to do and she just went home. Cool. Darren
4: didn't you that got. With the artist, so. Okay, I get it. Yeah. He's going to go get He's it, but and asking them, hey, a, girl, a lot of people
1: aren't outgoing yeah. like that, yeah. right? So, outgoing, so how can you spend that time, whether you close down and go home or not? How do you spend that time? And that's what I told her, I said, cool. That means you've got hours and hours to start learning how to do social, start learning how to do videos. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do videos. Cool. There's a really great website, G-O-O-G-L-E. How do I make videos for Instagram? It'll send you to this other really cool site called YouTube, and there's gonna be somebody that did a video showing you how to make videos. It takes hours and hours to learn. I spend countless hours trying to learn, well, can I use this app or can I use that app to create a video? I found an app that works, and then it's tough for me to, to do it, and so a lot of this content that I just made today will take me hours and hours up till late at night, doing it early in the morning, trying to figure out How do I put in music? How do I put in the words? How do I make fancy stuff? Like, there's all kinds of stuff to do. It's free, financially, it consumes your time. So the quicker you can get going when you're slow or wanting to start, the more time you can invest early to learn, the faster you'll catch on, and the quicker it'll go, right? Josh does a lot of Instagram marketing, using stories, using people to come in and take videos, Josh, walk us through those processes of when you started to learn, okay, I need to start getting my name out there further. I'm growing, but how can I use all this technology to grow my business?
3: Yeah. Real quick, I just want to touch on what you said earlier. So it is hard, man. You don't know until you're in there, and you'll never know until you do it. I wish I'd have done it 10 years ago. I needed the experience I gained from CarMax, but I moved my family across the country, then looked at my wife and said, hey, why don't we quit the job I've been at for a decade and have tenure at? to do this in a place where we have no family, no friends, nothing. So it is hard, man, but you'll get there eventually. Um, So the way I used uh, like Instagram and Facebook to kind of build the business and and market more was um, I didn't have a lot of money at the start. You know, we opened up the business and that's all we had. So all I had was time. Um, I listened to a guy named Gary V. I like what he has to say. And so um, I really just, I'm not really smart on that kind of technology platform, so I' watched a lot of videos, and like that's all I did. I went to Carmax, I'd work my eight on the way home I'd listen to videos on how to make YouTube videos and how to make posts and you know different stuff. And um, as the business progressed and as I started getting the hang of it, and then I'd see people respond to one thing but not respond to the other. Then I started talking to guys like Phil, who had a lot more knowledge, and I started networking more um, and just gaining a better insight and ultimately. Now, the reason i don 't spend money on advertising is because I like the process of trying to keep my business running on free posts, free information workshops, um, you know partnering up with people to do things for them um, that 's all been really cool for me and now I have like this huge cool following on on social media I mean it 's only like two two thousand people but it 's cool to me because it 's my little thing that I made, um, and I even get people that are like, hey we want to we want to make sure our car gets a picture in front of your shop like it's a thing you know And i never envisioned that off being consistent with my photography if i had never been consistent with my photography that never would have been a thing and so some things you're going to find out by accident some things will be really good um you know and some you're gonna really have to work at um the biggest thing is just patience and consistency
1: so let's talk about the actual post because i think a lot of times as detailers um and maybe I'm saying that in a general statement, but it, maybe you guys have professional photography skills or yep. you're incredible at editing photos or I don't know, but majority of people aren't, right? So how does a detailer snap a photo for a post? What type of things should they be doing?
3: Um, so through my posts or stories or whatever, I'm trying to document the process. Yeah. So I wanna make sure I have before and afters, but not maybe not just a before, like here's a clean car, here's a dirty car, right? Like. I want to show a little bit about what we're doing. Like, hey, we're vacuuming, or hey, we're polishing this. Um, sometimes when I get something in this really cool, or I want me in it.
1: If the car comes in with a specific need,
3: right? Because we yeah. already have asked yep. the
1: questions. Yep. We understand what the customer's wanting. Yep. So then to use that information in your post is very valuable, right? So take it the before. It becomes educational. Yep, and in your post, and even you take three or four through the whole car, in your post, the first one maybe is the p- p- before shot. Yep. Here's the car that came in. The customer was specifically needing this, right? What we're doing there is we're telling people the story, right, and they'll follow the process, but we're also throwing out a shotgun in a sense. And when you shoot a shotgun, not every bullet hits the target if it's, right, if it's a, if it's a long shot, right? If I'm closed barrel and I'm shooting here, right, he's dead, but if I'm shooting you with the shotgun, you're probably not going to get hit with every little BB type of deal, if you know what I'm saying, but it's going to hit somebody, right? And that's the point. You need to tell people why the car came in, start to explain the story, and that's going to specifically target somebody else that goes, maybe it was my, the kid spilled a, you know, something in the backseat. And then when that guy, maybe somebody read it, and when they go down the street and they pull into McDonald's and they go, I spilled in my tree, you know. What's gonna click in their head? Oh wait, there was this guy that was showing a video of cleaning, right, you get my point?
3: We did the paint last week, yep. We cleaned paint out of a car last week, a whole gallon. Posted it, oh, yeah, documented it, yep. I showed like from before to middle to teardown to partnership to end, stored it all out in the comments and everything, and I can tell you I've gotten, it was probably a bad idea to do it hindsight, but I've gotten like four or five calls in a week about, hey, I've got paint in my car too, can you get it out? And I don't pay for that, that's just something I put together and like, traded my time, now I'm getting the leads from it. Um, so it's, it'll, it'll bring you more business, you know, and you just got to be real intentional about what you're doing and real deliberate about, okay, take the time to take the pictures, take the time, you know, if, if you can't afford a full-time photographer, which I know I can't and most of us can't, it's expensive. You've got to think through that stuff. You've got to think, okay, well, what's going to make, what's going to mean something to these people? And you've got to break it down in layman's terms. You can't say everything's a paint correction. You know, you can use exactly. that as an educational term, when but people you put might.
1: One step paint correction. I did this. This no, yep.
3: tell people. Yeah. You'll see a lot of bullet points. It's like yeah. we wash iron or the wash decon, decon, you know, all this means. stuff. Yeah. And, and then even when you abbreviate a technical term, it's like you lose people. So you can say, Hey, paint, correct. We did a paint correction on this car paint correction is the process of, you know, and then explain it, you know, and then, and then people start to kind of get it a little bit more, but um, it's got to be educational, it's got to be a story, people follow that better. I still do 50-50 shots, you know, just yeah, to throw some cool 50, stuff yeah, in definitely. and mix it up. And so I think the biggest point is, like, don't get stuck in one way because it'll work for a little bit and then it'll soon fizzle out and you'll have tap that, that, like, little vein then you need to, once that starts happening, then you need to switch on to something else, maybe more stories. I know we talk about that where posts were doing good so for a while. So pause for a
1: second. We said stories, so we meant in your post, you tell a story yep. in a sense of in marketing, yeah. the best way to market, if you, watch, if you watch TV commercials, right? A lot of TV commercials are a story. They're showing somebody do something, okay? That's what we meant by telling a story. Now he means in Instagram or Facebook stories. Everybody know what those are? There was a guy here earlier that I was, he didn't know what a story was, okay. so I, yeah, I helped him sense. record his first story. Everybody else, it's okay if you don't, but is, everybody know what an Instagram story is? If you don't have Instagram, you, do. <laughs> so, you don't know.
3: It's it pretty on, much like Snapchat. Yeah.
1: It's, um, it was Instagram's answer to Snapchat. Yeah. Instagram tried to buy Snapchat, and they didn't let them. And what is about six months later or so, Facebook. once yeah. they came up with the technology, Instagram goes, oh, yeah, watch this. So that's why Instagram has filters and all that in their stories. But, oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. Well, you spend a lot of time on YouTube. I spend very little. Yeah,
3: we're which we have to talk
1: about. I completely missed that one. Um, so Instagram stories are little segments. Okay? They used to be 15 seconds, but now they're extended to even longer. So, the post, right? The post that you make then throughout your day, the point of stories that I find the best value for my customers is to is to describe and document the process. Okay? So, here, the post you do, you know, here's the before and after, and then the whole way through, you're showing segments of cleaning the car or what you're doing or, you know, the dogs or, or other things. You know, you don't have to be the same thing over and over. Be creative, right? Watch TV commercials and watch the way they hop through things, why they show this and then go to this. And that's the point of stories. It allows you to be the one that's creating everything. You are now the creator. You're now the uh, whoever, what's the guy that's uh, telling everybody what to do on a set? The director. Director. Yeah. You are now the director of your own marketing company.
4: We like so, to keep our, our um, social media business-like but still kind of informal, so it lets people feel comfortable to interact with us like we've been told that we have way more people comment on our on our stuff than a bunch of people, but we make them feel comfortable enough to talk to us on social media. We don't you know and our stories
2: are all the crazy stuff yeah. we do like. Right. That's I what mean, it, yeah. my kid fell asleep in a car blowing it out and is literally asleep. Yeah, I, that was super I funny. Put a, it, That's on our yeah. Instagram story. They were riding their bikes around the yard and jumping and thought they were really jumping high, and they were getting that far off the ground, and we videoed that. And So there's all kinds of we crazy stuff we take
0: pictures that's her.
2: on it, so it's not all about cleaning cars. They feel like they know us, and a lot of people come in and go, where's your dog? They relate,
1: yeah. And So speaking of Gary Vee, he talks about how people go on social media for two reasons, Right. It's escapism. They want to go on and see something else and escape from what they're doing. And so you have to, escapism, you have to bring them entertainment normally, right? So that's what he's talking about. Bringing entertainment value to your stories and or information. They're going on social media to get information. A lot of that was seen early with Facebook getting recommendations, right? Hey, who do you guys recommend for such and such? Right, that was a big way to get somebody to, and you know, and people would tag you if somebody asked for who's the best to clean a car, right? Information. So then in your stories, documenting what's your process and all that. So how do you do that?
3: Yeah. So the thought that I took towards it was I'm engaged with people on social media, almost like 90% of my business comes from Instagram and then word of mouth from people on Instagram. Um, I also want to be able to capture their car, like the whole process. So somebody, connects with me on Instagram, and then I'm going to doc- take my stories and throughout the day they can watch their car get cleaned or get coded, you know, and different things. And um, we had a guy here yesterday that had a Venom sticker on the back of his car and I plugged in an Eminem song where it's the whatever song that is where he talks about Venom. And so like that's where you start building longer term relationships and it connects it all. It's cool. And so that's what I use the stories for. The post is about like, okay, here's the before and after and all the documented detailed pictures and the long story about what we did to educate people and allow them to read it the stories are where i have a lot more fun it's more engaging um you know i'll shout waiting on will all the time when he's backing up a car like a grandma you know and, and people get a
1: <laughs> hashtag waiting on Trey. yeah <laughs> so like
3: that's people where people would
1: start hashtagging us waiting on trade yeah oh, so
3: my stories is more where like i cut loose and just engage with people and have a lot of fun while still being able to show the content we're doing like i'll say waiting on will and then you know i'll say somebody's uh, handle and like, hey, we're bringing in, you know, Marty Hill's challenger now to get coded or whatever. And now he's getting tagged now. He's getting updates. That must be awesome. He must be. Now he's getting updates. I don't own a challenger,
1: but that dude, I tell you, I want to meet him. In my head you
3: did. (laughs) You know, but that's just, that's how you continue the connection. So it's, each one's a little data point, you know, for you to touch base with the customer and other people to see what you're doing. And I'm also a really real person. So, I mean, you guys saw like I vape in here. Marty knows I have drinks in here. I put everything on camera. Um, I want people to make a decision based off my culture of my business. I don't want to pretend to have a suit and tie on here. Um, I don't swear in front of my customers, obviously, you know, but it happens in the shop on occasion.
1: Either I don't understand you guys do this,
3: but but you know, the story allows me to be real to my customers, and then they're buying me and my brand, not just saying he has the best price and can polish good, right? Like we're built, we're putting all that together. I've had people that have asked me about it and. I'd rather people want to do business with me, not have to do business with me, because I'm the cheapest or the best or whatever. So.
1: All right. So questions on Instagram and that type of marketing. None. How how much does it cost you? Financially, zero. They cost you your time, which is your most depleting asset, right? It's always ticking. It's always gone. The only thing I want to throw up is Instagram. A website called best hashtags. Hashtags matter. Oh, thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for missing that. So you guys should each go to in your town, right? So here in Edmond, he should use that side or use Google, you know, whatever there's, you can just say, hey, what are the most popular hashtags in Edmond, right? He should not be hashtagging detailers of Instagram, okay? The reason why is because a detailer in North Carolina is not his customer. A mom that's over here at Target is his customer. Okay, so find the most influential, the biggest hashtags for your local area and use those. That's the best way, give me, that's the best way to get somebody. And y'all might not do it, but the reason why hashtags are there is because people will literally for hours, this is their escapism, will go and search stuff that they are interested in under hashtags, right? So it's not just hashtag Edmund, but it might be moms of Edmund. It might be uh, beer in, in Edmund. You know, there's, there's, and so there's people that sit around, whether that's on a lunch break or a smoke break or at the stoplight or everybody's pulls up to, a, I pull up to a stoplight and I I'm, immediately grab my phone. I don't search hashtags, but a lot of people do. And for whatever it is they're interested in, If you can pop in to that split moment where you can get their attention because they searched that hashtag and you happen, what you were saying, happen to be in that hashtag, you have a chance. You have a chance. And that's a better chance than you ever have had before. And it's the best chance you'll have versus the next year. Because as we've began to play on Instagram and learn, we're seeing, as Gary Vee talks about, that's one feed. The more people hop into that feed, the more chances your customer or prospective customer is going to land on somebody else versus you if you don't put in the time and effort to be in their feed. And that doesn't necessarily mean just one post. The best success we've seen is multiple posts with different videos throughout the day and a whole list of stories as we go. The better chance that somebody will get it because which Gary talked about, Coke hasn't started advertising on it, Budweiser hasn't, you know, the big brands aren't piling into that feed, but you guys remember Facebook, they did, and Facebook got crowded, and it is crowded, Instagram's getting crowded, there'll be another one that comes out later that we can hop on where not as many people are crowded, but right now the hot ones are starting to get crowded, so you have to put in even more effort, or spend money on boosting and creating actual video advertisements and doing that type of work. All right?
0: And I remember you mentioning that the other day when I talked to you about about doing that, finding those hashtags. Uh huh. Could you could you go over that again on how you find those hashtags?
1: Yeah. What was the website you said?
5: Well, best hashtags are going to get you the most popular hashtags for that issue. Because the thing is, is that you're going to be doing things that you can't just be like something random hashtag that no one's going to. Because people have to like, people have to like whatever yeah, that. Simple so cool hashtag. Yeah. It's in well, there.
1: I think you were saying basically like you could have some hashtags that have 100,000 right and then you have some hashtags that are 5,000 right so it takes it takes time yeah. to go and search yeah. which hashtags have the most post and I think your point was it's not always being in those you should put some in those right. because so many people are looking but there's gonna be so many other people putting hashtags in so finding something yeah. that's a little more niche I think is what you're saying. So, yeah. Moms of Edmund might be a good one that only has 5,000.
5: Right. And it's not as many people hopping in, but your chances of being seen. It, it's like a ranking science. Yeah. You know, and so. Algorithm, I think is what they call it. Right. And then the nice thing, too, is that with the Instagram posts, when you start to rank on Instagram, you also start to rank on Google. And the, the biggest thing I'm going to also say is make sure to geotag every photo. Every photo you take, put a location with where you are, what you've done because things get searched or things pop up in, in search browsers based on geotags. So that's another thing too. Make sure to fill out every little bit of information you can when you post something.
1: I don't do that.
5: Well, And I've out. started
1: to learn to do it. My problem that I run into is I'm doing that and then 50 other things are running through my mind of what I've got to do and I rush through it. <laughs> right? It ta- once again, it takes time.
5: Yeah. yeah, I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that. So geotagging is very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, And you can even geotag – like if, if, if you're trying to talk about – maybe you want to branch out of Edmond right. and you want to have somebody in – what's another local town? Well, imagine you this. You could geotag into that like, town. Like
5: imagine this scenario. So like let's say you do do a mobile detailing or whatever and you did do it at some kind of dealership. Let's say you went to the dealership and, and did a detail there. You take a picture there. You geotag it. now you have access to all of the dealerships. People too, or people that like the dealership, even with their hashtag and things like that. So it's almost like you're just all stealing—not stealing, but you're just accessing their pool of people Mm -hmm. because they've got people there that are that bought cars from them or that are interested in them, or they got family members. And then when someone sees that you're friends with a friend, you're like, "Hey, that's a friend," you know. They're going to add you, and they're going to like, and it's going to help rank and basically just help visibility. It's all free. Yeah, it's all free stuff.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, man um what do you guys use
3: so um i I do use best hashtag it does show you popular ones but the biggest thing that i do is i stop and think with this post who am i trying to target so who's my clientele for this post okay if i wash this car and i think it turned out really good i don't need somebody from texas i'm looking for somebody from edmond uh somebody who's in a certain you know, they like certain things or they live in maybe a, a rich part of town, so maybe like Deer Creek or something like that. I know there's a lot more money out there. I might tag them. Um, do I want the bigger job? Hey, lifted trucks, people with trucks or off-road trucks or i I'd tag like off-road addiction in there. Hashtag them. They're a, a lifted truck building company right here on the same road as me. Um, so, you, you know, each one of those, you just got to get in there. If you like cleaning minivans, hashtag mom life right? You know, it's probably a big one, but those are the kind of things that as you start going, you'll start thinking of more and more and more, and it's endless how many there are out there, but you only have a certain amount to put in, and so you'll start getting more deliberate and figuring it out. It's a lot of trial and error on what really hits well.
5: And The the best thing about that is you'll actually start to get organic people that start to follow your account that are local and that are interested in you. So they're just going to like your videos, like your posts just because they follow you, which then
4: helps Or share it and yeah. then their friends will see it.
1: Yeah, if you can get them to share, that's even more. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so that is Facebook and Instagram. That's only two. Right? I haven't even really talked about YouTube. Powerful. 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 have not even talked about LinkedIn. Right? There's a lot. I haven't even talked about Snapchat. I know somebody mentioned it, but haven't really talked about Snapchat. Haven't really talked about TikTok, which is now starting to grow. I mean, as you can see, we're not just. Detailers, but don't just clean cars. We now have a whole business that we have to do, and part of that's an entire marketing uh, staff created by the two things that God gave us, hopefully. You know, each have ten fingers and two hands. Uh, what was it? Who was it? I think it was uh, Jake from Warrensburg, or now it's moonshiner, did the... Uh, Grinding in two in 2009 or no uh, in 1909 and it showed a guy like digging coal and putting it in a thing yeah. and then it was or maybe it was 2000 or one th- uh, whatever 100 years yeah. ago and then now it's it showed somebody with their you know with a phone you know and they joked but like that's to me that's grind like literally I'll spend three to four hours a day at least if not more I I wish I could spend more um, on weekends I love weekends because. It doesn't mean I sit in front of a TV. It means I sit in front of a TV that I barely watch and I get to work.
4: And Marty he come down to his Instagram I'm like, how did he do that? Then I have to go figure out how he how he did it so we can try and do it later. But and we, our Instagram, we only have about 300 on our Instagram. Our Facebook, we have about 1,030. But So we need to push our Instagram more to try and get... Most of our Facebook followers, and I've posted it on our Facebook a couple of times to try to get people
3: to come over to it. One thing to clarify for everybody starting, because I fell into that trap, and I know um, Phil could probably back me up on it. Followers does not equal amount of money. It equals your reach, but, you which know, is, did, you know, yeah, no, no, no yeah, no, big, no, but, no, 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 yeah, no, that's good. So like sometimes, like, so, okay, so the mobile business I bought in had 9,000 followers on Facebook, right? And my partner would always be like, hey, man, like you, you only have 800 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, we make exactly the same amount of money. Yeah. It's about like, so having a big following is important to me because I want to have a lot of people to talk to and bend their ear and like chat with them. But the higher number you want that because it gives you more people to talk to, which in turn could bring you in more revenue. But just because a shop has 4,000 followers, like there's a new detail business here that's been open for less than a month and they've got almost 5,000 followers now. We know those are bought, that doesn't make them money. So just remember that when you're starting your business, don't get caught into buying followers. That doesn't mean you're gonna be popular or good or make a lot of money. Good educational content, hard-earned organic followers will do that, and then the money will just keep coming. Followers are just cool. So keep that in mind.
4: And we don't rely on Like We've been to every business in town just about. We we go to community things, Uh, we do the Halloween thing, we go to all our parades, because we do Christmas parades. They do Memorial Day praise,
1: they do a bunch of praise. So we'll go throw out candy, we'll put our logo on stuff, like market, 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 constantly. All right, so last thing, we talked about marketing in a general form of detailing, how you should market your detailing business.
4: Our
1: car has our logo on it. Yep. Specifically with coatings, because that's what we came in and we learned about. How can we use social marketing specifically targeted at helping to sell or grow our coding business?
3: Um, transparency. I, I think there's a lot of people out there, like Marty said earlier, that make a lot of high claims. Um, I think just telling it like it is, is starting you know, to become a really good thing and people are liking to hear more of that. It's not a super thing. It's not gonna make your car indestructible. You can probably set it on fire and it may be fine, but like we don't sell it on that. Um, so a lot of transparency showing people what goes into it and breaking it down for them really gives you a lot more leverage on on the uh, dollar amount side when you're asking, like, hey, yeah, it's $800. I have some people that fall over and they're like, $800? To, like, I would. Wipe something sure. on my car. And I'm like, well, no, it's not wiping something on your car. It is at the end. But here's a list of stuff that goes in. And so that's where we use the educational part to sell the coding. But then also being able to do show and tell. Like, hey, you know, we've got a Raptor that we wash every single Monday on a maintenance that we coated a year and a half ago. And I still put it in there and say, hey, you know, year and a half update. Like, here it is, still beating, still sheeting. We're not doing anything other than just washing it. Like, no smoke and mirrors, no gimmicks. So that's how it is. Um, but past what I can do about it, I always ask anybody that gives us, that we give a ceramic coating to, like, we'd like a review if you have time. Like, whatever you thought of our business, whatever you think of the product, like, if it's six months from now, let us know what you think and put it out there so other people know. Because we just want to be transparent and sell a good product.
1: Do you, which I know you've had some people that come in that do work here with you. Yep. And I, th- I think you've done, you did his car, right? Like,
3: yeah. yeah. have it in wax and we're going to do his Mustang in uh, CC105 next. Cool.
1: Um, so I think what I've noticed that you do really well at is, is that you engage your customers that come in and then you encourage them, right? If you are happy with the work, please, and you tag them in the post, right? You get their Instagram, right? You get customer data. I think it's a very common thing that businesses do is get customer data and then you use that customer data and you say, hey, this is your Instagram. I'm gonna tag you when I make the post about this and then you ask them to share that then probably, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Share it, and a big thing is I don't incentivize incentivize reviews or anything like that. I don't incentivize sharing. I want people. I want to do such a good job and be so honest and transparent that like people are guilted into giving us reviews and and sharing our content because they want to feel good about what they what they're doing to help us out, and that's so important because so many people think if I just throw money at it, this is gonna be good. And it is short term until the money stops coming. You've got to build a very strong brand around a culture. Of like raving fans for your business. Um, And it's more than just a business. When we go out to Cars and Coffee, we don't go there to sell. We just go there just to talk to our customers and hang out and have fun. Um, And that's important to them. People don't want to be relaxing and getting sold. So all those little things all equate to a good culture and a good brand that that will start selling itself eventually on a long enough time frame. People just want to come here just because they know it's the rad dad or whatever. I might have my stupid straw hat on, you know, or whatever they're get their picture in front. Like who knows what it's going to turn into, but like that's the cool part of the journey and process um, and being able to sell this kind of stuff online through a phone was never something I dreamed was ever going to happen. And it seems so far fetched until you're in it. Like
4: the other day a man posted a review of us and he was like they're awesome and we hadn't even gave him his car back yet because he had had it coated once before and before he even got his second coating back he reviewed it and said we were awesome and then he came back and got his car and he was like oh it looks wonderful so he trusted us enough to say we were awesome before he even got his second car back
1: I think for you guys specifically if if people are wanting to do a lot of maintenance washes a great way of using Instagram or social uh, to help your marketing for maintenance, that somebody has gotten a coated vehicle, you know, what's super popular for detailers to spray with water and show hydrophobics, so, uh, but then they, they miss the whole close, right? In sales, there's always the lead up and then they've got to go for the close. The oh, close is, hey, if your car doesn't look like this, mm-hmm. we can help you, or hey, this is what a coated car does here's what hydrophobics is, here's what hydrophobics means, here's what it does, it's showing the protection, blah, blah, blah. By the way, if you don't see when it's raining, if you don't see this on your car, it means there's a chance you're going to get damaged, right? Using that, if you're going to get damaged, you better bring it in so that we can help, you know. There's all those different ways that you can use maintenance and using all the ways that people put out photos, but change it into actual, a marketing campaign to specifically target, and then capture.
4: Always make sure to tell our customers, we're like, we're human, we make mistakes, we miss things. We're like, if you see something, come tell us about it. We'll gladly fix it for you. Like, you find something, you're like, why didn't this get done? We're like, oh, sorry, we just completely missed that. Or we're like, well, that's not included in that package. Yep.
1: That's good. Anything?
3: Oh, good. So if you can capture, like, a reaction on video, too, and get that posted. Oh, yeah, yeah, which I think
1: you guys have done. Yeah, yeah
3: that's money. I've got yeah. a couple of those. It doesn't happen every time. And, like, it's, it is also weird to, like, start filming somebody. But, you know, the point would be just keep your phone going. And I had a guy, we did his Lexus, just, you know, nice, easy polish, coat, whatever. And it's on my page. You can see it. He flies across the parking lot running going, holy shit, like, his hand's on his head. And, like, he's super excited about his car. Yeah. And that, like.
4: People like, that goes so that far car? and they're making a joke yeah. because the car looks so different or there's those people that are like they're just like nonchalant about up and, it and don't let them and... discourage you yeah. because they just don't that's not their thing yeah.
1: those people are the reason why i stopped doing yeah. 1200 1500 2000 dollar <laughs> coatings because yeah. we would spend dj and i early Right, because like I said, we were with this, and we were doing these big and it was just, we would spend literally 18 to 20 hours on the car and then they would just go, oh man, looks great. Hop in their car and drive away. It was like, you don't know what we just did. Like, yeah. and it just it's looks, like, pro- oh, okay. It's it
2: still red. It?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so those customers are always funny, yeah. right? All right, cool. We did want to be respectful of your guys' time, but we also want to make sure that you got everything you wanted out of this. So if there's anything else, that you have in your mind any other questions. Now's the time. Do I? Oh, I stopped carrying cards. <laughs> uh, at Total Auto Solutions. <laughs> I'm just Gotta joking to get. Yeah, yeah. I have got them.: Yeah, I've got. I'm yeah, just joking with you. Any, anything else from anybody else? Any other questions? Yes, sir. I'm sorry. um i think uh, originally i think i mean there's guys that'll post on forums that you know six or seven years ago they started um i know one of the earliest ones i did would have been i did it when i was still in a warehouse in jinx and that was the first place i had after i had i started out of my house in 2010 i think it was like 2012 when i first got to move into an actual warehouse and it was a it was a POS that I only spent like $300 on like rats. It was infested. Like it was rough G- dirt floors. Like, uh, and I had put a coating on there from OptiCoat and that would have, yeah, it would have been like twenty twenty twelve. 2012. So, you know, and they had already been around for a little while. So coatings, you know, nine, 10 years. Um, it's just, the, the way the market's starting to climb that's why it seems like over the just the past couple years yeah, it that has really been starting to take off and i'd say it's over the next couple years that for daily drivers and all those people that have been driving out on the streets that's when they're really starting because we've already got hybrid waxes that are sold at the auto parts store that they're saying it's ceramic infused you can go through car washes now that they say they're putting ceramic coating down on that's just the way them that's just marketing That's just the way it's gonna go. So people get so upset, oh, you can't say you can do this on a coating because it's depleting the value. Bullshit. No, those customers and those people are gonna go find the value that they want. We're not depleting any value, right? You're just picking out your clientele. Daily drivers are gonna find whatever they want, wherever they want. It doesn't deteriorate the value of ceramic coatings. It's just, there's different levels, there's different grades, there's entry level, there's DIY, there's auto parts, Is the same wax that you buy at, you know, the auto parts store the same as you bought, you know, from a a high end? Was it the when you can get that super? Oh gosh! Yeah, 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 like yeah. I mean, so there's there's all different levels, right? So, but it's now really becoming very, very mainstream. Yeah.
3: And to further the social media stuff. In 2009 Instagram and Facebook weren't a big thing and no one really knew about it. That's kind of when coding started coming out and started coming become like popular. And now you get hit every day in your pocket on your cell phone with all kinds of information and it's all like tagged and, and woven together for what, you know, your custom tailored experience. So again, Codings are becoming more mainstream because you're hearing about it more and more all day through social media, your friends, your family, everything. It's all happening faster, and that's what will happen with your business when you use it the same way.
1: And then Google is blown up, so you hear it, and you can just be like, all right, I'll Google it and see what it is. And then they yep. go to YouTube and watch videos. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> hey, it is,
3: yeah, yeah. So yeah. it just means that all that information is gonna hit you faster.
1: Anything else? Anything else? Thank you guys so much for the time. I know like I said you guys value your time. Thank you for spending it with us. Josh, thank you for opening up your yep. facility. This we we love it here. Thank you guys for coming down for Yeah,
2: we're going to start our... doing work here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <it's good>. You're <laughs> going to start
1: bringing cars here. <laughs> All right, man. You guys have a great day. Thank you so much. <coughs> hey DJ, guess what? In a couple of weeks
5: um I don't know yet. What's 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 going on in a couple of weeks? Vegas, baby. Vegas. <laughs> I figured you were going down that road. Yeah. You ready for Vegas? I am ready for Vegas. Huh? Vegas twice in a year now, though.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Good for you. What else are you going to do while you're in Vegas besides hanging out with me?
5: Do I have to hang out with you, though? You do, damn it! Nah, just Ben. I think I'm going to hang out with Ben. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. And you can hang out with us if you want to. Wow. We're going to this really nice prime rib place.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if y'all want to come hang out on Friday night at Mobile Tech, Ben wants to treat everyone to ben a Ben is prime taking rib us all dinner. out. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get together with Ben from uh Narwhal Trailers and he wants to go eat prime ribs, so uh but wanted to make sure DJ still
5: wasn't a vegan. He did. He texted, hey, are you vegan, vegetarian, or what's up now? It's we're been like, years.
1: We're like, uh, we'll probably be at In-N-Out, but you know. Dude,
5: In-N-Out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'll be in a couple weeks of In-N-Out Burger. Let's, let's go back and rewind this.
1: Anyway, uh, coming up, Mobile Tech Expo. We've got uh, Ben from Narwhal, DJ and I, doing an environmental discussion on how to be profitable as a mobile detailer, but yet being environmentally conscious. And DJ and I will also be doing a discussion on how to build a brand. Yep. There's nothing more important really right now for detailers on that side of the business of marketing than learning to how to build your brand. So it's going to help everybody continue on for years of uh, great sales and service and continuing to grow their business. So uh, DJ... Thinking of Vegas, what is it that you are most excited about?
5: Uh, Honestly, meeting new detailers. Ooh. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Well, cool. Well, we hope to see everybody there, Mobile Tech Vegas. And um, we're also going to be doing a little pint night, right? A little little pint 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 happy hour.
5: A little happy hour. A little happy hour. From
1: 3 to 5 on Friday.
5: Are you wearing your beer socks? Ooh, with you know, my I, flip-flops? I, I, Beer I, socks and flip-flops. You can cut the toes Ooh, out of them. I don't in know this.
1: about that, DJ. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right, we'll see everybody there in Vegas.